Welcome to the All Things Protest podcast. I'm Rob Sneckenberg, and with me today is my co-host, Christian Curran. Today we're going to talk about timeliness, and specifically a decision that came out last week, Warrior Service Company, that highlights some of the key distinctions between pre- and post-award timeliness. Now, ordinarily, and you're probably familiar with these rules, for the pre-award context, you have to protest or file your protest prior to the deadline for receipt of proposals. In the post-award context, however, you can generally file within 10 days of learning your basis for protest. The interesting thing in Warrior Service Company was that the initial solicitation gave offers only five days to submit their proposals. Now, Warrior, instead of submitting a proposal, it waited until the 10th day and filed a protest challenging the solicitation. GAO held that was too late. First, GAO held that even though there was only a five-day turnaround, that was enough time to submit a proposal. And because it was enough time, Warrior also should have had time to submit a protest by that five-day deadline. And second, GAO emphasized that you only get until the deadline for receipt of proposals to file your protest. You can't rely on the full 10 days in the pre-award context when there is a proposal submission deadline. Now, Christian, I'd like to break this down a little bit and talk about both of those holdings. So first, have you seen situations where an agency gives offers a very short window to submit a proposal? Absolutely. Um, we see it all the time. And we often get questions about whether you know, that is a proper grounds for protest. It is exceedingly rare that a protest on that basis is going to work. The other problem is if you rely on filing the protest and then don't get your either initial or amended submission in by the deadline, you run the risk of not being involved in the competition. So, I mean, I, th I think although a lot of these things may seem unfair, especially on the bigger contracts where you've maybe gone through multiple iterations of the proposal already and you're dealing with an amended deadline that's very tight and you have a lot to change, the best advice is you've got to meet the deadline. And if you want to simultaneously file a protest, file it by the deadline and try to, to work it that way. But it's something that we see a lot of, especially where agencies are, are scrambling to meet their own internal deadlines and you know, dealing with financial appropriations issues as well. Yeah, and Christian, when you say it's exceedingly rare to see a protest succeed that you didn't get enough time, what are we talking like? Uh... Like if you got a, a few mere hours to revise a proposal or if, you know, maybe if something came in like over the weekend and you get like a day to, to respond, what, what kind of deadlines are we talking about that might work? Yeah, I think that, I mean, GAO is going to look at this and if something like that is just like patently unreasonable, it just flies in the face of common sense and that and the, it would just be impossible for an offeror. I mean, yeah, you could succeed and we've, we've seen some succeed on that basis, but, you know, a couple days, a week. Even if it's on a large procurement, that's probably not going to be successful. Yeah, what, what may seem unreasonable to one offer who's you know, in the weeds, on the proposal, knows what it's doing, right. that still may not be objectively unreasonable or, or at least sufficient for GAO to say, hey, you got more time to protest. So get that, get that protest in by the submission deadline. And now the other point that we talked about briefly, or I mentioned briefly, was that in some contexts, you, know, you get a full 10 days. And isn't there a pre-award context when you can still rely on the 10-day deadline? Yeah, there is. And GAO's rules were just changed last year based on some decisional law that they wanted to clarify when that occurs. And, and it's basically when 
you have an amendment, but no revised submission deadline. So if proposals have already gone in, solicitation's been amended, you don't get to resubmit, then you're obviously not dealing with a pre-award context where you have a proposal deadline to key it off. You've got 10 days at that point. That's also kind of a rare situation, but it does happen. And so you need to make sure that, you know, when there's an amendment issued, you know, is there a new deadline? Does it affect things that you've already put in? How is it going to impact your proposal as it currently stands that's been submitted? And then you, you can't necessarily wait then for the post-award clock and a post-award protest to protest an issue that you would have known about at that time. Got it. So if there's a deadline in a solicitation amendment, protest by that deadline. If there's not a deadline, you may have a little more wiggle room, but if there's a deadline, meet that deadline. Right. Yeah. Importantly, deadline for resubmission, right? It's if there's, if the agent, I don't know what, what that would come up, but if the agency, you know, asks for clarification or something like that, you know, you just need to make sure there's a resubmission deadline. And, and if that's the case, then you can key off of that. Got it. Now, Christian, another uh, a common question that we've been getting lately has dealt with with debriefings. I don't actually know if there's any interplay here between these solicitation amendments and with some of the new enhanced debriefing issues, but that is another key timeliness question that we keep getting. So what's some of the nuances that you've seen with, or some of the tricks on debriefings and the enhanced debriefing processes and affecting timeliness? Absolutely. It is, it is kind of a tricky issue. And it does kind of dovetail with our timeliness discussion because obviously there's, you know, under the GAO regs, there's a, the debriefing exception to the timeliness rules, which gives you for a required, requested and required debriefing, your protest can go in 10 days from the debriefing. And in fact, you have to wait for the debriefing once it's required. If you file prior to that, it's premature. But so DOD last year started rolling out these enhanced debriefing procedures through a class deviation, some of which has now been, been codified. So under those procedures, once you get your initial debriefing, you have two business days to submit additional questions, and that keeps the debriefing open if you timely submit those questions. And then the agency has up to five business days to respond. At the time you get the response, the debriefing is concluded. So there are a couple tricky things in there with, with the timeliness issues. First, it's two business days which is different from your GAO timeline, which is calendar days, right? So that we've seen that trip some people up, right? Let's say you get your debriefing on a Friday. Do you have to submit questions Monday? The answer to that is no. You get two business days. So you would have to submit your questions by Tuesday. But it's important with all these moving parts, business days, calendar days, your two-day submission deadline, their five-day response, it's important really to just be communicating with the agency. We've had a lot of experience where as long as you're clear with the agency what you're intending to do and you, you follow the timelines, it really eliminates issues down the line. So that's that's one issue is the, is the two-day submission deadline. There's also been some GAO cases out in the last year dealing with this where offerors have availed themselves in the enhanced debriefing procedure by submitting additional questions. They get a response and then submit more questions, and then the agency responds, right? Where are you in that scenario? So is the question there that is your debriefing still open because you submitted more questions, or is that kind of Exactly, issue? exactly. And in the case of GAO last year, um, I mean, GAO definitively said no. Your debriefing's not still open where the agency responds to your questions and expressly states that the debriefing is concluded. Now, I think there could be a scenario where if the agency comes back and says, look, here are your responses, 
And we're also going to keep the debriefing open to answer X or Y or Z issue. If the agency's indicated that they're not closing your debriefing, that keeps the debriefing open. I have not seen that happen. And you, you're going to have to be very, very careful if, if you rely on something like that from the agency, given the way that the enhanced procedures are written. They really only allow for one round of questions, but it's theoretically possible that they could answer other questions. I mean, this would, this would dovetail with how a lot of regular debriefings work before the enhanced procedures, where an agency might give you written slides ahead of an in-person debriefing, and they don't consider the debriefing closed until that in-person debriefing. And again, in that scenario, it's just keeping the lines of communication with the agency open, confirming that your debriefing is being held open, getting it in writing so that you're not dealing with any issues of untimeliness uh, on the back end. So in the post-award, post-debriefing context, it's all about when does that debriefing close? And you know that, that has a number of nuances there based on when you get your questions in, how long you have to submit them, et cetera. Right. But the key there is when is the debriefing closed? Just like in the pre-award context that we were talking about earlier, the key is, is there that proposal submission deadline and did you meet it? Right. Now, you know, these seem like black and white rules and yet we cover them again and again and we receive questions all the time because they keep coming up and there are just so many nuances in this area. You know, this is just a brief discussion. Um, also on our website, we recently put out a bid protest timeline providing further guidance on a lot of the specific nuances for pre and post award uh, and even competitive range exclusion protests a lot of the specific do's and don'ts about when to protest. So we'd highly recommend checking that out. It's also available on our app, the GovCon Legal Resource Center. And as always, if you have any questions about bid protest timing or any other bid protest topics, feel free to give Christian or I or any of our colleagues a call. We'll be more than happy to discuss. Until then, you know, we hope this has been helpful. And as always, thanks for listening. The All Things Protest podcast is brought to you by Kroll & Mooring LLP. You can find more information at kroll.com slash allthingsprotest.